rest in peace, Lily Coleman. Rest in peace, Andrew Odin. Rest in peace, Faye Odin. Silence, please. I have nothing to say. Silence, please. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. Silence, please. I have nothing to say. Silence, please. Silence, please. I have nothing to say. Welcome to the basement. Sit back. Close your eyes. Think about where you came from. Okay? Go back generations. Where'd your parents come from? Where'd your grandparents come from? Who've they been influenced by? What's their background? Where are they from? Where are their parents from? What are they teaching their kids? Who do you want to be? What do you want to teach your kids? It all starts with where you come from. If you can acknowledge where somebody or yourself, where you come from, you can begin to understand why you make the decisions in which you make. Sometimes that could potentially be a detrimental decision for the outcome of any given situation. Just think about just people I know who have, that apparently I don't know that well because... I don't know their deep down internal issues, all right? And I know that's a, that's a big gap. Oh, man, 
whose deep down eternal issues do you actually really know besides your own? Uh, so are we really close to anybody? Ba-boom, we're taking callers. Shout out Bill Burr. But when you can acknowledge, you know, those things, your, your nurture, and, you know, mix that in with, with nature as well. I mean, you can just, it's just giving yourself a better understanding of the, the choices that you're, you're more inclined to make. And that could be very helpful if you're about to make a bad decision. And hopefully that can just be a regular everyday decision. Just make things generalities. But, and you can get used to the habit of making those good decisions every day, whether that's wake up, open your eyes, uh, drink some water, stretch, uh, meditate, breathing exercises, uh, brush your teeth, wash your face, you know, do, make your, whatever your routine is, just kind of, you know, start making those choices. And then when stressful situations arise, whether that be child being born, wedding day, day of a funeral, loss of a loved one, you know, uh, uh, buying a house, you know, those stressful situations, when those arise, you know, if you're used to just being in a routine, setting things up in and, and that type of way, it can, it can make it easier to deal with stressful situations. And if you can acknowledge, oh, okay, well, generally in this situation, I would do this, but it's gotten me there. Maybe make the opposite decision or, or you know, have the opposite outlook on any given situation, something that could be perceived as bad. Ultimately, flip that and see what you can learn from it to make it a positive and we cannot make those mistakes, you know, again. You know, we don't want to repeat too many of the same things that end up putting you in a bad situation. And ultimately, um, speaking metaphorically in generalities, I'm surrounded by a lot of stress right now. And one thing about me, I, I realized this sometime in my 20s. I think it was around the time my granddad died. My, I think that's when I, I started having different eating habits. I've never been, you know, not a, an all-star dieter by any means. You know, I believe, I don't necessarily believe in going on a diet. But I think people have their diet. Like, I don't think you should ever be on a diet for X amount of time for, that, for no reason. Like you just eat what you're going to eat. And you should make positive decisions that should be, should be built into the routine uh, to make positive just dietary decisions on a daily basis. And then every now and then, slip in some bullshit, slip in some tacos, pizza night with the fam. You know, eat some candy. Like, that, that stuff's all right. But more often than not, you know, you're cooking at home. You know, taking the time to go to the grocer, get fresh, fresh produce once a week. They're giving that stuff away. Don't let anybody tell you different. All right. Cucumbers, 50 cents. All right. Don't give me that bullshit. I can't afford to eat healthy. It's it's if you're cooking for yourself, shopping for yourself, you can make $30 go a very, very long way. Feed you for a week. All right. So I noticed, though, when my granddad died, I was I was stress eating. Uh, just kind of extra ice cream, you know, more 
candy, more just maybe swinging by the uh, the through McDonald's drive-through, grabbing order, just to order a fries, something random like that. Which I did that recently too. So recently I've been stressed out, so I've been eating. And it's not been too crazy. I'm super aware of it at this point of my life. Like, okay, I'm stressed out. I'm about to start eating just some fucking bullshit. And uh, it's under semi control, but like I went and got some In N Out burger and fries yesterday in the middle of the day. Like, that's generally not something I do. I go uh, once a week, I got date with Jeff, me and, uh, me and Jeff. Jeff's been on uh Jeff's been on the podcast, maybe episode like four. My man Jeff Morris. But yeah, we got a weekly date. We go get uh lunch, but we keep it like we grab an appetizer or a little small cup of soup or something like that. But that's usually the only thing I eat like in the day eat, eat solid food wise in the in the daytime, uh Monday through Friday. I'm usually in the office. Uh, just grinding out, doing what I got to do. And then there's a couple days a week I'm home with the boys. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have a little nibble of breakfast and sometimes lunch, sometimes not, usually not. Maybe I have just a bite of something the boys, the boys don't eat, but I'm not, you know, eating a sandwich or anything like that. If I'm having something solid, it's a bite of something the boys had, maybe like part of a peanut butter jelly sandwich, but oftentimes I am making, sticking on my smoothies. I want them at the crib, but but right now, kind of, you know, grabbing the burger, maybe eating a little more ice cream, a little more candy into the night. Did that just a few minutes ago. Uh, not proud of it. Real ashamed. Uh, I'll be all right. Uh, but I, I generally eat relatively healthy uh, just for longevity's sake and the fact that I don't shit right. So the cleaner I eat, the more... Uh, the, the just the, the healthier the healthier the, the bowel movements are and just makes me uh makes me feel better and then I'm just trying to you know keep the joints all lubed up you know just got uh, you know your boy got some issues uh in the in the bodily area so I got only got so many reps left and I know I got uh I got some 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 young young bulls I gotta start to keeping up with in not too long so uh I was hitting the punching bag the other day and uh I got a, I got a punching bag at the crib in the dojo and the screw it was held up with came loose. So I was just like in the middle of hitting it and just dropped. I was like, oh, now I got to hang that back up. It's just, that thing's heavy. It's, it, it just, it had the wrong combination uh, nut and bolt on there uh, to begin with. Not that, I mean, it's the one it came with, but it was, it was going to do that. And I remember putting it up there like, this is going to, this, this nut's going to back itself off this bolt. So, dang. This is going to fall one day. And yeah, yesterday or the day before was that day. Whatever day, whatever day that fell. But I'm stressed out right now just thinking about, you know, multiple deaths in the family. Death on my wife's side of the family. Um, her, and, uh, her and her grandmother, that's who passed away. She's the deceased in this context. Uh, they were real close. And then... My cousin passed away, my first cousin, and, you know, not a great situation, you know, in his early 30s, sad, sad, you know, feel bad for my auntie, she has to bury one of her kids, it's, you know, unfortunate, you know, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to, he, he, you know, he, he liked, he, my cousin loved life, he did, yeah, uh, so that's unfortunate, and then uh, my grandmother passed away recently, too, 
Uh, so my cousin's grand, who passed away, his grandmother, my first cousin, and then my, my grandmother, my dad's mom. So it's been a lot of just stress and emotions. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast uh, or recent and haven't heard, you ain't hip to the game. Like me and my dad don't have the, the best of relationships. And that just continued on to kind of a, an extreme extreme point over the last week. Just a whole lot has uh, has gone on. And at the same time... I got to spend some of the most, like one of the most beautiful moments that, I mean, grief, grief to me is very personal. So, I mean, that in the individual you're grieving for is gone. So however you want to deal with it is, is up to you. If it, if it's somebody, you know, you need to just grieve and mourn and lock yourself up for a little while and and just uh, you can't believe that that devastation is there right on that's the way it is and if it's somebody on a lesser scale that you're able to to brush off I mean that that that's uh, ultimately just your personal reaction to it grief is, is very personal but the moment I shared with my grandmother on her deathbed was one of the most beautiful moments that I've ever had in my life. Uh, so rewind a few weeks from present day. Um, one of my cousins, not the, not the one who just passed. Uh, well, that's cousin Andrew. Cousin Ira uh, walked in. He was staying over at our grandmother's house. He walked in on her face down in the pool of her own blood. Uh, she fell one which way or another. We don't know why. But that kicked off a stroke. So sometimes you can, you know, you can get a, a traumatic brain injury just like that. If you, maybe you were younger or in a little bit better health, whatever, what have you, or maybe it couldn't be avoided at all, that kicks off a stroke that maybe you wouldn't have had if you uh, uh, went to bump your head. So a uh, major stroke, real, real high non-recovery rate, uh, real, real mortal stro- stroke. Fatal, fatal, proving to be fatal stroke. I don't know how to phrase that. So she's in the hospital. Things take a turn. Uh, they put her in hospice. So I get, I'm like, ah, shit. All right. So I roll up to Phoenix and, uh, you know, spend a couple hours just kicking it with my grandma. And I mean, ultimately, I'm going to keep those moments to myself. Um, for the most part, I'll share them with my sons maybe one day. Uh, but the, just it, it was amazing. But there were parts of it that I do want to share. <laughs> I got to that because this is why I, like it was amazing to see somebody literally on their deathbed, and there were moments where I could tell the medicine was kind of keeping her just at bay, and she would kind of zonk out fall asleep and be snoring a little bit and she would cough and that would like wake her up and then she would be with me for a little bit and then she would and I could see her leaving like I like her spirit was in between worlds the way the way she was staring was to the beyond it was it was something she was not uh, of this, of this uh, sound, sound, sound body and mind, for sure, as we would consider on this, or she was tapping into just the other side a little bit, and I don't know, you know, 
and to just to to witness that and to be at, at this age and this is the first time me get to experience that. Um, they came in, shot her up with some morphine, and it was just time for me to go after a couple of hours. I don't know how often they they give it to her. Probably not. I mean, it's it's not like we were talking about a a fine establishment of a hospice. It's not a not a high income style place. So maybe every six hours or so, who knows? Maybe it's every three, maybe it's every hour. Maybe I could be way off. Um, but I caught her at kind of the moment she was at the, on the lowest amount of drugs before they come and shoot her up again. So, so I took off after that and then went and checked on my cousin who had found her cousin Ira just to make sure he was all right. Cause he was dealing with both deaths, you know, real tough, you know, so him and Andrew were real, were really, really close. You know, they were shooting in the gym together back at Shorty's. Like, they were the closest of, of the male cousins. Uh, and there's two more of us, myself and then, then another one. But they were definitely the tightest, for sure. So, and then he found Grandma. Grandma's on her way out, and he just living at Grandma's house. So he was taking it rough. So I went to just make sure he was going to, you know, be all right. You know, not be another, uh, not be another veteran statistic with, a, with an extra hole in himself, if you know what I'm saying. And ultimately, he's he was doing all right, and he, uh, you know, we're he's he's still still doing good. We were talking yesterday, um, but the next morning, when she passed, um, I just had this sense of peace, just seeing somebody going between, and the the body not being there in full. I mean, she was all stroked out, and. Uh, it was just, uh, just I never had, and I'm still on the same feeling, which I, I don't know. It's some some type of beautiful. It's been a week, uh, eight days, and I still feel like just that moment of experiencing that and letting her know, you know, this all kinds of things, all kinds of things, um, in her final moments, and then, but just the, her presence between between here and the next dimension was uh was something wild and then to know that that soul has then passed on has just been you know to see that and my mom has gotten to she got to be on her her mother got to I got I don't know I don't know how else to phrase it death is weird right uh but she was on her mom's deathbed my grandma and that one was that one was rough uh in-home hospice and so and actually I haven't gotten to speak with my mom like in full about it she's actually she's been camping for like a for she might be camping right now for like a week plus like she'd be like barely have single out by the campfire talk to you soon like we got a few extra texts in a few hours ago it might have been today but but yeah so grief is weird as we just roll through life, you know, and, and death is, I've talked about it before, you know, and death is as much part of life as, as anything and everything else. And I think it's real important to, to go, to go through as many experiences uh, that make sense for everybody in their lives. And I was just, just an experience that I'm very happy, very grateful for in my soul that I was able to have. Um, and I don't, and I'm not that close, not that close to, uh, 
my dad's side of the family. So to to have that moment and to bring me, you know, closer to where I came from as, you know, my my grandmother's soul was passing to wherever it was going. Uh, just really, it really meant a lot. And I'm glad I got to go through that. And then it also led to just a bunch of, a bunch of other, other bullshit um, with other relatives that, I don't know, I'm not going to break into quite just yet. I got a whole lot to say. It's a lot of stuff that's difficult to say. Um, shout out, random vet shout out, Ian O'Hearn, Master Sergeant Style, excuse me, and the co-host of the Granddad's Basement Podcast. We got episode uh, negative, man, three or four. We got some lost tapes out there and They'll, 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 they'll be found at some point. They'll resurface. But the f- second, what would have been the second episode had we been able to keep that format together uh, was us just kind of swapping stories about where we came from paternally. And it's not great. Like, they're not great stories. And we laid it down. This was before the basement was truly and fully set up. And the audio just never, it, it didn't take. It's, it's unlistenable audio, an audio file, completely corrupt. Everything that's wrong with society today is in that audio file um, on, your ears, on, your, on your ear holes. So uh, that, one will never, that one will never be aired, but there's, there's other ones surrounding it. And it, it, that was kind of our jump off and building point. And we, uh, we never went back. And I've dropped little pieces so far here and there throughout the podcast. And ultimately, um, not, not a great relationship with that side of my family. But we, it, it has been attempted to discuss. And right now, it's just it's, it's hard to discuss at this moment. It's hard to put the, the proper words um, with, with, the, with the right emotions together. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to leave that. Also, it's still, the story's still being told. You know I got. I had a. I had a dude wanted to come on to the podcast, Junkie, D, and Junkie D was living his story, and it, it's there's a lot to it, and he's not even thirty, um, but he needed to get himself right, and by way of get off the bottle, get off the drugs, he tried to tell me he was on cocaine. Like when I know, like you're. Like, I bought your beers tonight, dude. Like, you don't have cocaine money, and I know what cocaine, like, a, a, what a cokehead acts like and looks like. Like, you're on some other shit, dude. You're on some way other shit. And you can't come on, get down on the basement until you're able to tell your story. You're still living your story. So, I, you know, to bring that back around, I'm still, you know, going through, going through the story. Uh I mean, I, to an extent, we all are. But I mean, the chapter, at least, I guess, got to be, got to be uh, some type of wrapped up to be able to really internalize and reflect upon, upon the situation and and all the scenarios. I can only tell at this point. I can really only give a timeline of events, and I think I'm probably gonna do that. In fact, sooner than later. But 
not right now. In fact, in fact, I'm going to get up out of here. All right. I hope everybody gets a chance to uh, share an intimate moment with somebody at the most immediate next opportune moment that you are able to do so. All right. So I'm going to get up out of here. Everybody be cool. Check on a vet. And hug your loved ones. I'm going to go work on some music. Chip! Welcome to the basement. The closer we get to death, the more life we try to grab a hold of. I never heard a kind word about my great-grandfather from my family, the ones who knew him best. Rumor has it he only ever cared for a couple of any of the babies he was ever around, especially my cousins. Uh, and one of those couple is, is me. And I'm gonna chalk up those stories and, and feel good rumors to, you know, that, but also an old man finally realizing smiles are better than frowns. Or, Perhaps in a wise man's insight, he knew I'd be outside of this family and actually stood a fighting chance at something. Either way, the the first memory I have, I mean, my first memories involve my mom's side, my grandparents, my mom, my mom's first husband, a few uh, out of the out of the typical <laughs> uh, American child experience uh, situations stand out in my mind as very early memories. But the first memory, so specifically of my dad's side, I remember playing with my great grandfather. 
Like on his lap, I think he had a mole or some type of blemish on his face. Um, and I could be mistaken. And I remember, you know, him smoking a, a pipe. Could have been a cigar. I may be mistaken. Uh, but crawling up on on his lap and him laughing and playing with me and me taking taking his hat off and putting it on my head and you know, that's probably why I love old man hats to this day and smoke blunts. I had the words, but then I lost them. Where we going, where we been? Oh, I'm walking. Where we going, where we been? I've been walking. Feet bloody, eyes blurry, can barely speak. Boy, I'm thirsty, somebody help me. Can I borrow a buck or two? I'm just trying to get to where I'm going And I don't mean no harm to you So just pour another one up And say what's up to your brother And I'm gonna roll another one up And we're gonna say what's up Till the sun come up And we're gonna go around and round In and out each other's lives and there we are for me and you, my best friend, my sacrifice. You're the only one that I can say is really, really true. And when I think about me and you, there's none other that could be better. And I'll tell you that from the bottom of my heart, this is forever. La da 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 da. And I don't know where we're going, barely knowing where we've been. But here we are, and it's for forever. <laughs> and that's the way it is. <laughs>